Jay, I think you're muted. Oh, I thought I wasn't. I'm sorry, guys. Y'all didn't get to hear any of the things that I said. It is me again. It is Jay Renee. I'm here with Plus Nation TV, and this is Activism Across the Nation. Okay, we are here every Friday. I alternate with the lovely Miss Lynn. She was here last Friday and gave us some awesome information. So here I am this Friday. I hope that you've had a good week. I hope that you had a chance to get some rest and some uh, rejuvenation because this can definitely be a hard task and one on your mind, your body, and your soul. So I hope that you got a, a chance to get a little bit of rest and, and to rejuvenate your mind. Um, tonight is planned to be a pretty full show. We hope to have a caller call in. His name is Dante Mitchell. He's going to tell us about a program that he has as well as how he was overcharged uh, so I think they said the words agree egregiously, something like that. Um, he received 70 years. So we're going to talk more about that later, but let's talk about some things that's going on. So in latest news, we have 47 states, okay, that have implemented some type of voter su suppression law. So what that means is they've made it even harder for people to vote. They've made it to the point that if, you know, in places where it's really hot, especially like Georgia and stuff like that, you're not even allowed to give people waiting in line water for free, you know? Um, they have it to where someone can get detained for actually just trying to be a human being, a decent human being, give someone who might be hot or overheating a cold drink of water. So it's gotten that ridiculous. So far, there's 361 bills that have been passed to do some um, some type of voter suppression, okay? Each state has something different. I suggest that you find out what's going on in your state so you can see exactly what's going on in, in these laws that are absolutely outrageous. So far, Texas and Arizona have the most laws out of all this, this is something that's uh, really extreme that's going on. So I'm sure that many of y'all have heard of the Dixie fires that's happening in, happening in California. Now the thing about that is the part that they're not talking about is how these fires are headed towards two major prisons that are located in California, okay? The names of these prisons are California Correctional and um, High Desert State Prison. Now, the fire is headed right towards them. The fire is so close to this point that there are many of uh, of those that are incarcerated there that are getting smoke inhalation, right? Not only that, one of the facilities, I believe it was California Correction, has lost power already. So they're working with their generator right now. And it's hot. You know, fire's hot. That's common sense. Fire's coming at them. It's getting hotter and hotter there. And they're having these problems. now. Bigger than this fire that's called this natural disaster, they have nothing set up to evacuate these prisoners. They haven't even started a plan. They're not even, um, from from what it seems, they're not even talking about, you know, what's going on and how they're going to get these people out of there because it doesn't seem like this fire is going to be stopping anytime soon. So we're getting this information that I just gave um, from the uh, San Francisco Bayview. Now, if you would like to get active in that and finding out what's going on to put pressure on them, to at least release a statement of what they might do or what they're going to do, or if, if they're gonna do anything, the person that you will call is a Miss Allison, okay? And she is the CDCR secretary. And her phone number is 
323-623-6001. Again, her last name is Allison and the number, she's the CDCR secretary, okay? That's the ones that will get that emotion to get them out of there. And that's 916-323-6001. They're also urging that you can call the governor. His name is Newsom. I don't have a number for him, but that's also somebody that um, you can call if you want to get actively involved. And that's in California. So let's talk about some wrongful convictions, okay? Um, so we got some more unjusting cases. We know that there are wrongful convictions that happen um, all across the nation, all right? So some of the ones we want to bring to the forefront this evening is we have Prentice Ponds, okay? Um, he was assaulted in his own home after putting in a file to get a claim. Someone ran into his vehicle. His vehicle was... To, uh, totally legit and, you know, insured. Um, and that's what people will do. You know, you call, but that's the whole purpose of insurance, right? So um, this insurance adjuster comes, um, already has in his mind, it seems, what he wants or what he thinks about this particular situation, thinking that it's not legit just because, you know, Mr. Pons was formerly incarcerated. But even though he was formerly incarcerated, he came home and he did the things that he was supposed to do. He got him a home. He got him a vehicle. He was working. He was doing all the things that you are supposed to do, you know, that, that we do as, as, as citizens. Okay. This man came, he assaulted him. He defended himself, something that's a natural, I think, defense for most people. And, and long story short, this man pur purged himself and lied and said that he was kidnapped and, and held there against his will and that his items were stolen. And, and that's just not what happened. Um, there is evidence, photo evidence, that that isn't the case. So we're definitely trying to get some help for Mr. Pons in this. If you would like to uh, find out more about him and offer support is hashtag justice for Prentice Ponds. All right. That's P-R-E-N-T-I-C-E Ponds. Like, you know, the water justice for Prentice Ponds. And you can find him um, also on Facebook. So let's talk about the next case. We have Leon Benson. All right. Mr. Benson has been incarcerated for 23 years for a crime that he didn't commit. In this crime, um, there are witnesses that says it wasn't him, you know, and all the things that you will believe that you're supposed to be able to use to, it didn't matter in this case. And unfortunately, it's cost them 23 years behind bars. If you're interested in finding more out about his story, about supporting that effort, um, how you can reach out to them is via Facebook at let me make sure I get you right. Leon Benson, free Leon Benson. Okay, that's what you can find it under Facebook. So you're gonna put in Leon Benson, then free Leon Benson, and that'll pop up for you. So more into do some injustice having this evening. His name is Dante Mitchell. Okay. Um, really solid brother. He was charged with 70 years at 17 years old, okay? And he's now been incarcerated for 25 years. Um, since he's been incarcerated, there are some things that he's been putting in motion to try to give back to his community to help when it comes to the incarceration rate of our young men and things like that. But not only that, um, to receive so much 
time for someone got hurt. 70 years, there's people that have killed people that have gotten less time than that. There's people that have done some crimes against humanity that are unspeakable that's gotten probation. So, you know, that just goes to show that um, in a lot of instances, and I believe this is something, you know, when it when it comes to race, it shows that um, I'm not sure if, if all of you have seen, but I've seen lots of times where they'll show um, someone that's Caucasian and someone that's black doing similar crimes and they're getting totally different types of outcomes. So, you know, it's, it's pretty hard to argue that there isn't some type of discrimination that's going on when it comes to that. So those are just three cases. If, um, if you're interested, I would suggest that you stay for the last part of our show. So um, you'll be able to hear from him personally himself, what he has to say. So, we're about to show you some videos, okay? So this is where viewer discretion is advised. Um, these videos are pretty graphic and they involve officers in dealing with um, the everyday citizen. You know, as activists, we have to be able to watch these videos um, and look at them and, and decipher what's going on and how the police are breaking the law and things like that. And it can be pretty hard on the spirit. Um, I'm gonna be honest, I'm gonna share something with y'all today. I was watching a particular video and um, I had watched it yesterday several times and I was okay, you know, trying to come up with my, my objective response to what was going on. But after thinking about it all night and thinking about it all day, I watched it again and I became like emotional. I started to cry and it's like everything hit me at once on how it made me feel personally, not just of what was going on in the video. So that's why I say that it's very important that you take time to yourself to rejuvenate and take a step back and, and take a deep breath, you know, because it can be, it can wear on your heart, you know, cause that's, that's why we're here is because of our heart. We see things that are going on that are wrong and we want to do something about them. So we have to make sure we taking care of ourselves. It can, and get to your heart and it can get to your mind. Now you don't want to harden these things, you know what I mean? But you just want to be mindful of making sure that you're taking the breaks that you need. Okay. So viewer discretion is advised for these videos. So in this first video, I'm gonna talk about it first and then um we're gonna get the crew to play it. All right. So in Aurora, Colorado, okay, an officer is charged with a violent arrest after it is captured on body cam. Okay, and this is going to be brought to us by CBS News, CBS News. And this just goes to show if this body cam didn't exist, there's no telling what story we would have gotten because it has been shown to us time and time again, unfortunately, that some law enforcement officers lie and do the wrong thing. So this video that we're about to show is brought to us courtesy of CBS News. Two police officers there have been arrested, including one who pistol whipped, choked and threatened to shoot a man who had a warrant out for his arrest. We want to caution you that the body cam video is violent. Here's CBS's Jeff Pegues. Body camera video shows Officer John Hobbard ordering Kyle Vinson to lie face down and show his hands. Hands all the way out. I can't breathe, dude. The officer hits Vincent at least seven times with his pistol and later holds him by the neck for almost 40 seconds. Vincent's father says he was shocked by what he saw. 
I thought he was going to die. Aurora Police Chief Vanessa Wilson said she is disgusted. This is not police work. This is not the Aurora Police Department. This was criminal. There have been several other high-profile police-involved incidents in Aurora. In 2019, 23-year-old Elijah McLean died after police put him in a neck hold and paramedics injected him with ketamine. Since becoming chief, Wilson has terminated 14 officers for misconduct. Officer Hobart now faces multiple felony charges for his treatment of Kyle Vincent, including second-degree assault and attempted first-degree assault. Jeff Begay is CBS News, Washington. Excuse me, absolutely ridiculous. Now imagine if there had been no body cam footage. That officer could have said anything. We would have never known. This is why it's important that we get body cams on all officers across the nation. It should be one of the number one priorities. Okay, let's go um, continue. So brought to us via state versus us. Right about in Wisconsin, there was cell phone footage caught of uh, an officer throwing a clear baggie into the back of a car that had been pulled over by these officers. So tonight we have the cell phone footage and then we have the uh, body cam footage. So we're going to play both of them for you. And then I'll um, report more on what they had to say about it. I got specs of green. You're good to search if you need to. Now here you're gonna watch another officer come and hand this officer a bag. Corner coat. What's that? What's what word? I got you on camera, we're all good. Hey, bro, you just threw that in here. Yeah, because it was in his pocket, and I don't want to hold on to it. That's on their body cam that they took it off of him, so. You just threw that in here, bro. I got you on camera, man. I'm telling you where it came from, so. I got you on camera, bro. It's an empty baggie at the moment, too, so. Okay, buddy. You showed his cell phone footage for us. Hey, bro, what's that? What's what? That you just threw in here. What's the what word? I got, I got you on camera, bro. I got you on camera. We're all good. Hey, bro, you just threw that in here. Yeah. Hey, bro, what's that? What's what? That you just threw in here. What's the what word? I got, I got you on camera, bro. I got you on camera. We're all good. Hey, bro, you just threw that in here. Yeah. Hey, bro, what's that? What's what? That you just threw in here. What's the what word? I got, I got you on camera, bro. I got you on camera. We're all good. Hey, bro, you just threw that in here. And that had came out was the cell phone footage. Okay, then after that, that's when the Wisconsin police 
put out the the footage on the body cam. Now, when he received this baggie from the other officer um, and took it to the vehicle, he says that the other body cam video has them retrieving this bag from the young man's pocket. They have yet to put out that body cam footage. Now, I will say that the Wisconsin um, Police Department said that they're doing a full investigation, but also the two gentlemen, um, I think it might have actually been three people, but no one was charged with anything. There weren't any drugs found or anything like that. Um, there's a lot of speculation that could be put out there, but, you know, uh, you know, we can, uh, what I do know by the facts is that no one was charged and that the police said it during a full investigation and supposedly there is somebody can't put that shows the police officer retrieved from another passenger's pocket, but they have yet to release that. Um, so that's what's, that's what's going with there. All right, so um, ABC Chicago, okay, um, more news in Wisconsin. They says that a judge charged an officer in the slaying of a black man that was in his parked car in 2016. Um, what he did, which was something that was, you know, not done there, is he over he overrid the prosecutors who refused to charge the officer with the crime. He believed that there was probable um, evidence that there was it was it was negligence and it was a crime. It wasn't how the officer explained that. So it's more to come from that. We're not really sure. I do have a statement that was put out. Let me find that for y'all. Okay. It says uh, Mensa, who is also black, discovered the 25-year-old Anderson in a park in Milwaukee. Mensa said he shot Anderson after Anderson reached for a gun, but Anderson's family disputes that, and the judge on Wednesday said that the evidence did not back up the officer's story. So that's why the officer, I mean, excuse me, that's why the judge decided to override that and charge him. So we'll see what comes comes of that. I'll make sure that we keep up with that. So there was an incident that happened in New Jersey. Okay. There's a New Jersey prison, a woman's prison where, uh, let me tell you how many officers so far. So far, 30 officers have been put on leave after abuse allegations at the women's prison. Now this video is of that abuse and that's just part of it. They said the original video was actually 19 minutes, uh, 90 minutes or 19 let me see if I can verify. I can't remember. It was either 19 or 90. Um, that's something that we can fact check later. But here's a little snippet of that abuse. Your discretion is advised. Put your hands up. Five, last wall. Come to the door, put your hands up. Four. 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 Four
just a snippet they said that in the incident that a woman's arm was broken this is also what they say two officers are charged with covering up the alleged assault of inmates and more officers are charged in assault of two inmates okay um three officers are charged in a violent assault against the women there that's something that the attorney general announced. And as the uh, as New Jersey launches its investigations, 30 officers have been put on leave after abuse allegations at the women's prison. All right. Absolutely horrendous. They actually had they, they actually try to cover it up. So the film that you see, if you notice, that wasn't a body cam. Um, some of the correctional office officers recorded with their cell phones. So that lets me know that they knew that what was going on, it was a problem with if they were information got out to us. That's what most of, um, and then also uh, they have a few cameras in the facility that picked up this crime. This goes to show even more so the importance of having some type of cameras watching police officers. We're not saying all police officers are crooked and corrupt. But what we have seen, what life has shown us, what they have shown us, is that there are officers that will do the wrong thing if they aren't being watched. Okay, there was another incident I didn't get to get in time of an officer kicking a handcuffed, a handcuffed woman in the head. She was handcuffed on her belly, and this officer kicked her. Now he has been, you know, put on administrative leave. That's their favorite thing, right? But I don't understand why people just can't be fired when they do the wrong thing. It's absolutely 
outrageous to me, especially with that type of job. You would think that if you were given such a position of power and shown to abuse it, that you would be fired. Anyway, it shows this police officer kicking this young lady in the head and she's handcuffed on her belly. And there's two other officers that are on the scene that can be seen and none of them step in. So, you know, it's very alarming. Now we have um, Dante was supposed to call, but we're going to we're going to chat a little bit until he gets a chance. So it's been a long week. It's been a lot that's going on. I know there's a lot of things that I didn't get to touch on. You know, as activists, there's always something going on. It's always something that we can come together to. But we have to make sure that we do some type of, you know, solidarity. That's um, one of the things that I appreciate when it comes to Plus Nation is it tries and it and it's successfully and it continues to thrive to bring people together that have the same thoughts and minds and trying to get some of this work done, okay? If y'all do not know, Friday is not the only days that we have things going on. We have shows that come on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, okay? We have those different shows. So I definitely invite you to add Plus Nation, a platform that you see me on, so you stay up to date with that. Definitely make sure you add me. You can add me on Facebook, on Instagram, and Twitter. And um, I would love for you to um, just reach out to me. So I'm still waiting for our gentleman caller. He hasn't made it yet, but that's all right. So um, some of the things that I want to talk about is strategics when it comes to going out into the protest that's on the front line, that's in the street, that's in whatever area that you go. Now, you always want to make sure that you're being safe. You know, there's the COVID out here. So you want to keep that in mind about keeping yourself clean, yourself masked up and things like that. But you also need to be safe because you can go to an area where it might be someone, they call them anti-protesters, right? Even though they'd be out there pro protesting against us protesting, it's, hey, whatever. It's, a, it's called anti-protesters, but they can be a threat depending on their temperament. Okay, so I want to talk about some things on how you can be safe in some ways that you can set up your protests with your boots on ground that can assist you. So when you go into a protest, First and foremost, you want to make sure that you bring a water source with you and you want to make sure that you've been hydrated before you go out there. OK, dehydration, it gets you. I'm going to tell you, I'll tell you a story about myself. I always will compare things to myself. It was very particularly hot one time in Delaware and we were marching and Delaware has hills in certain parts of it in town over the east side. East side, which was originally where all the black people lived in Wilmington, but that'll be a, a story for another day. But it has a lot of hills. And that between the hills, my dehydration and that sun, I couldn't take it anymore. I had to actually sit down and someone had to come and pour water over me. Okay. Now we definitely don't want that to happen. Um, sometimes there's not someone that could aid you and we don't want to hurt ourselves while we're trying to help others. Okay. So you want to make sure that you're hydrated before you get there and you want to make sure you have a water source. You a bottle of water. Water. It could be a couple bottles of um, a camel back, and that's just pretty much like a water source that you will wear on your back. But you want to make sure you have that, and you know, be mindful of what the temperature is going to be. If you know it's going to be particularly hot, you want to wear clothes that aren't binding. You want to wear maybe some short sleeve shirts. Uh, some people might wear tank tops, um, shorts, things like that. Breathe, breathable clothes, okay? Because you don't want to 
to make the situation worse, especially if you're dealing with inclement climates. Now, if it's cold, you want to make sure that you wear layers. You don't want to ever put on too much because you'll start sweating and then you can get sick if you let that cold air get in there. So in the wintertime, you want to make sure that you have layers and things like that. Oh, he's calling. Let's see. We'll get back to that. Don't worry. I'm going to teach y'all on that. Hello? Yes, you made it. How you doing, bro? I'm all right. How are you? I'm doing very well. Um, you are now live. I was just giving um the people tips while um I waited for you on how to effectively, you know, uh, protest and and keep it safe. You know, it can be hard with the climate and stuff like that. But I'm glad that you made it. No, I'm glad I did too. All right, so let's get right into it. So on the line, y'all, I have Dante Mitchell, but he is better known as Amphala Don X Sakivu, okay? And he has been incarcerated for quite a while, and he's going to tell you more about it. So I'm going to give him a chance to speak. Hey, bro, let the uh, know you tell him a little bit about yourself. Yeah, my name is Dante Mitchell. Um Better known as the Falme, Don Ezekiel. Um, I was originally born in Troy, New York. Um, spent some time being raised in Detroit, Michigan. Um, then when we moved back to New York, I lived um, a majority of my time in Oakland, New York, behind my incarceration. Okay, so I was telling the people a little bit about you, about how you were. Um, charged with 70 years for a crime where no one was hurt. Can you let us know a little bit more about that? Yeah, when I was 17 years old, you know, I, I made a couple bad decisions. Um, I committed a robbery and two attempted robberies. And um, as a result of that, I ended up being sentenced to a maximum of 70 years in prison with a minimum of 35 years. Um, nobody was hurt harm and mission during the course of those crimes. You know, um, I take responsibility for what I did, though, and no um, excuse for what happened. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I was a kid, um, struggling with a lot of different things, homelessness, unemployment, etc. And um, the time that they gave me was just astronomical and excessive. Yeah, and been, you've been locked up for more than half of your life, right? And, yeah, now I'm going on 25 years, but, you know, I came to prison while I was 17. So now I've got 25 in prison. So yeah, I've been in prison more than half my life. So I got more time living in prison, prison cells, than I do actually living in the street and living in my own bed. Yeah. How has growing up in the system affected you? And you know, what kind of man has it produced? Well, you know, in the beginning, um, it, was, it was rough, you know, being young. Um, not really having a fully developed brain, not having a full level of maturity, coming into a real violent, chaotic environment can really have the really, you know, negatively impact you. So, you know, I had to adapt to the vibe. You know, I, I became mated to a lot of different behaviors that were always conducive, you know, to my growth and development as a young man. Um, but fortunately, you know, I've always had a positive impact. I've always had a, you know, a good, uh, cruel people or circle of brothers that were older than me that took an interest in me and um, to help God be along the path that you know, better than change in front of this. So I'm, I'm thankful for those brothers. All right. 
for sure. So, you know, you know, I'm glad that those brothers was there for you. I know we talked about that before and, and it was some organizations I had never heard of, you know. Um, I think that's really awesome. So I know that was part of what helped you, come, you know, combat, you know, growing up in that environment. But what's some other things that you did to help you stay motivated? You know, I educated myself. You know, I ended up getting college credits for theology class. Um, I do more certificates, public speaking, computer uh, operation, food service, um, alternative holidays, taking advanced training. Um, you know, I've been involved in numerous um, organizations, and the like the TVU chairman, national trust as an education chairman, eventually as a president. Called the National Trust for Development African American Men. I've been a part of the Lifeless Program. Um, another thing that I've always done was, you know, educated or mentored um, our parents, and that's I've gotten over the younger prisoners as well. Mm-hmm. And that's become a passion of mine, man. And a lot of younger brothers that, you know, I've taken under the wing over the years, and that keeps me motivated, keeps me on the right path. Mm-hmm. Like my young boy, you know, right now he, he's, he's doing time for for a murder in which he didn't kill anyone, but you know, he's fighting for his life too. So there's a lot of young brothers out there that, you know, are school and, and try to keep them on the right path so that they can navigate this type of environment better than I was, right. but I was able to. Right. And you know, um, when you say that, like I talked to one of the brothers that you're talking about and he actually said that he was so, you know, thankful that that UFD existed and he was like he said for a fact and he said it a matter of factly and he's doing very well he's like I'll never go back to prison you know what I mean so yeah efforts definitely aren't in vain so tell us more about UFD though because that's the name of you know of the whole thing so tell us more about that and what you hope that it can bring and yeah UFD stands for the Ultima Paternal Dynasty aka Obima that's the acronym that stands for official Black elite, ambitious, money making associate. Mm-hmm. Now, USD is a mutual self improvement fraternity of like moms, both men and women, devoted to helping one another achieve mutual prosperity. Um, I, I originally started USD in 2008 as like an alternative to games for a lot of the young prisoners that were around me. So I felt that one of the reasons why a lot of the youth gravitated to those specific type of organizations is because they didn't have a more positive Don't. 
have the ability, you know, financially to really be out there in the streets, watching protesting or, you know, lobbying, you know, the federal government for change. So, you know, being that we're locked in the position of the model, we have to really, you know, on, you know, put food on the, on the table and pay a bill. So, you have to be confident that all the resources and the knowledge, the education, um, the skills, the talent, the ideas, the efforts of many people to invest in each other so that we can move forward financially and economically and have more time to focus on those things that will allow for us to make political change. Okay. So, you know, I know you told me that from what, from what I'm hearing and, and so far about it, it sounds like a very positive thing. That's something that's going to help those that's behind the G wall and beyond, you know, including their families. So why is it that you're getting so much pushback and so much suppression when, you know, trying to create this? You know, the Department of Corrections, especially in New York, is very reactionary. So when you come along with an idea that they didn't create or they can't co opt, you know, it becomes a danger. And a lot of times, you know, you know, the government has with um USP as far as you know, prove and the official uh, you know, the established prison of organization in order to really, you know, change the lives of the young men that I have on the wing this is because of me. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a young, I'm intelligent, charismatic black man that can think for myself, I speak to the power, I know how to challenge the the powers that be, you realize the different institutions and the mechanisms, so you know, I'll become a, a, a number one threat. Mm-hmm. I was running around, and, you know, selling drugs, getting high, having people and doing things like that, so that's something they used to. They, 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 can, they can control that. This is what they're trained to do. They're not mm-hmm. trained to handle somebody like me. They're not trained to handle, you know, an intelligent black man who, you know, really speaks up for his rights and the rights of others. So, can you imagine if there's more than just me, and I start training and teaching other young black and brown men so to, to really start stepping out of this, you know, how George Jackson used to say this criminal colonial mentality and become socially conscious and really take control over their lives and, you know, they over development as human beings and, you know, challenging the system and showing the contradictions and how it suppresses their human spirit, you know, you become a, a significant threat. Right. So the prison industrial complex, so it, you know, it existed because, you know, of people's gonna, you know, because of, you know, you know, that criminal mindset, you know, that's what gives them justification. Balls right going those things, gangbanging, getting high, you know, selling drugs, et cetera. They can always control us, you know, always create this narrative that their jobs are needed, that they justify. But when you've got someone like me who, you know, operate outside of that, and I'm sure other young black and brown men do the same thing, it's like, now you threaten their lobby. You know, because if we're, 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 we're rehabilitated, we're doing the right thing. There's no room for them. There's no room for us in these institutions. These institutions to be empty. When we start doing the things that we need to do to better ourselves, our families, our community. So when we're moving socially conscious, we're friends. Right. I hear you, bro, and I, I agree with you. What you're saying, you know. So what do what do you need, or what kind of help would you like from the people? You know, as far as UFD and beyond. No, I, I just want people to know the truth. One, you know about what this organization is about, what we're trying to do. Because it's tied also to 
So is there anything that you want to leave with the people or anything you want to put out there?
Um, also, you know, I want to send a shout out to you know, all my young boys that on the team war with me. You know what I'm saying? My young people, Rack, Devo, Herbie, um, Flynn, uh, my boy, Fuji, all these brothers, man. Good young brothers, man, that are fighting for their lives in here. You know, have great futures. Some of them are rappers. Some of them are you know, uh, talented poets. Okay. You know, have the opportunity to really showcase their talent. So, I'm thinking of these trying to go out of them. So, special shout out to my boy, Rico. That's my little bro. Now, I love you, man. Appreciate you. I know you've been going through a lot, but want to make sure that I shout you out too. And you want with the struggle, bro. Eventually, you're going to get it. Everything's going to come to you that you want. I also want to send out my shout out to my young boy, Zane. I've been here for you lately. I love you, bro. I hope you continue on with your your career. Continue doing what you need to help yourself. Get your mind right. And I also want to shout out a good brother, man, named Flashback. You know, he got a little Instagram where he so if anybody would like to like, share or leave a comment on Instagram, page of Flashback with two views. One, so do that. You can have a good brother that they struggle to showcase the talent as well. So that's pretty much all that I wanted to say. Okay, bro. Well, I appreciate you for coming on this evening. And um, your voice is definitely out here. Um, I will make sure that we continue to support your efforts and get the information out there. I appreciate you for calling me. And I appreciate you for giving me this opportunity to talk to the people. It's been a wonderful experience. I hope to be able to do it again. Oh, yeah. You definitely, we definitely got a lot more talking to do. We never right. gonna talk one another time. All right, bro. Keep your head. All right, have a good day. Thank you. All right, you're welcome. Peace. So we got the good brother on the line. If you are interested in linking with him, um, and you weren't able to catch exactly where he told you to, I'm gonna give you a number where you can text it, and you just gotta put Dante Mitchell, okay? And that number is nine one four six five five four nine. Nine nine three. That's nine five four nine nine three. You're just gonna text Dante Mitchell, and we'll send you all the information that you need, so you can support that brother if you would like to. Um, you know, as activism activists, we have to, you know, decide on the things that we want to support. We can't do everything. We can't do everything. So you know, figure out the things that you can support, and line up with it. You know, and just put your best foot forward. So we have a little bit more time left. So what I'm going to do, I got some messages coming in. Please excuse me. Please excuse me while I'm off test just for a moment. But so I want to finish talking about um, what to do when it comes to setting up your protest so everybody can stay safe. So I remember I told y'all about how I went down. I had to take a knee. They had to pour the water on me, you know. So you want to make sure that you um that you're hydrated before you get there, and you want to make sure you have a water source. Um, something else you want to do is wear comfortable shoes. You never know how long you're gonna have to stand, how far you might have to march. It can become a long night with the wrong footwear on, and that's that's very important because it's gonna start to affect your morale if you're in pain. Okay, um, if your feet start hurting for too long, it can affect your back. It's gonna affect your um, your morale, you might become a little crabby, you might start become a little snappy, you know, and that can change the whole mood of everybody that's there trying to fight against something. So you just want to make sure you got some good shoes on. Um, bring your phones and have them fully charged. 
you you might want to take pictures. You might need to catch something that actually is going on. There have been instances where people are at a protest and they've caught crimes of the of the police. You know what I mean? Um, actively because they have their cell phone. So make sure that your cell phones are charged, not only to capture content, but if you might need to call for someone to come meet you there or family or anything, you just want to make sure that you have some charged phone. Now, safety on ground is very, very important. Now, everybody should be paying attention to their own personal safety, right? But when you're putting these things together and you have a team, you should have one or two people that are willing to take control and be responsible for everyone that's on the ground. And these people are keeping an eye out for maybe traffic, keeping an eye out for people that look suspicious. They keep an extra eye on the police to you know, see what they're doing, how they might be moving or maneuvering to project anything or any type of problems. And they just are, they're just watching the perimeter. They're making sure nothing weird is going on and they and they take responsibility of keeping people safe. Now, um, this is really a job that people volunteer for. And every job, when it comes to this, everybody has a different personality type. So it might not be someone's personality to do that. They might not be the type of person that can focus like that. They might be good at something else. So don't get upset if someone's not good at that particular uh, skill set. Just put them where, where they're good at, you know? Um, if you're going with a group and it's a particular hot day, you will want to try to have some type of water source out there. And by water source, I mean something that people can get water from. Usually what people bring is they'll bring a cooler and it'll have some ice and bottles of water. And this person with that particular job, you know, they might be the one that bring it or they might be the one that takes positive control over it after it arrives. And what that person does is, you know, it just hands out water to people, let people know that water is available and just keep an eye and see if it looks like anyone might be sweating excessively. Um, and that's someone that you might want to offer some water to. Just making sure that everybody is staying hydrated. Hydration is very important. See, I, I done brought that up again, okay? That's very, very important, especially when you're out here in this heat and you're moving and you're sweating and things like that. So also when you get there, um, everyone that's there, especially if, it, if it's a smaller group, it's a little easier to control. And even in a larger group, you can have a smaller group that is going to be the ones that are the voices. Okay. So when you're there, boots on ground, you want to be able to say something that anyone listening can understand. And not just your own people. They could be people that are bystanders, people that are trying to figure out what's going on, and even the police, because usually they are being called eventually, right? So you want to have your people that are already set to speak, and they know what they want to say, or they have a gist of what they want to say. Because when we're out there, boots on ground, we want to be communicating the best way that we can. We don't just want to be out there just screaming and no one can understand what we're saying. We want to we want people to know why we're there. There's a problem. That's why we've gathered. We want to be able to set across. Okay. So you want to have some people that are 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 well versed in what's going on, what the problem is, and what you would like to see changed or what you need or what we need as people to make it to where we don't have to assemble here again. So you want to have people that you might have set to talk. Now, of course, you can always freestyle and have people that are going to come and want to say something on the bullhorn. And that's OK, too. You want to create a space where people can 
express themselves. But you want to have people that you already have prepared that is going to have something to speak about as far as why you're there. So next you have first aid. Um, accidents happen and we can't we can't really control what accidents happen. If it, if we could, they wouldn't be called accidents. But um, sometimes, or I want to say all the time, you would want to have someone that is trained in some type of um, medical, okay? And I'm not mean like a doctor or a nurse, just someone, it could be like a, a combat lifesavers course or a life-saving course or um, just like a, a medics course, you know, something that someone can go to maybe a community college and take up, or they might be just familiar with it for whatever reasons. Like I used to be in the military. So when it comes to life-saving procedures and stuff like that, there's a certain set of skills that I have. So I would be someone that might volunteer for this particular position because I know how to treat for shock. I know how to treat if someone looks like they're a heat casualty. I know how to treat for different things, you know what I mean? So that person is where the first aid stuff is, okay? That could be like bandages. Um, it could be like heat packs if it's cold, like, you know, the little things you bust and they get hot. Um, that might be also where your water source is. Sometimes people put those two together because, you know, if somebody goes down and they're hot, but where's the water with the medic? Go see them at the same time, you know what I mean? So you want to have somebody in charge of that. And then if you're a small enough group, you want to have um, different, you want to not only trust each other, but you want to be able to identify when there's something going on. So me personally, um, when I'm boosting grounds, depending on the situation, I may have different hand signals that I use that can let my team all know at one time, no matter where they're standing, if they can see me, what they need to do. We need to leave or everything is okay or let's move this way. You never know when you might have to move and maneuver quickly okay and i know that it can sound kind of military-ish right but it, it's just to have a little bit of order to it now sometimes you're not going to be able to have this type of order and i don't want you to get anxiety thinking about not being able to control it because you can't control everything and life surprises happens but as long as you're making sure that your body is hydrated and that you got your water source Make sure that you're paying attention and keeping safe and having someone to assist in the overall safety of everyone. Okay. Have you someone there that knows some medical stuff that can help if somebody needs assistance. Okay. And just taking care of each other, all of those things and trying to keep the morale up, trying to make sure we're not fighting amongst each other um, because we're there to fight against something. You you know, we're, and, the, and that something is in each other. It's against injustices of some kind. So I hope that y'all enjoyed the show this evening. I will be here the Friday after next. Next Friday coming up, we have the lovely Lynn. She will be back with some awesome news and some tips for our activists out there. Um, you can make sure that you add me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at the J Renee. Make sure that you add Plus Nation, okay? If you don't want to miss none of our shows that's happening, make sure you add. We're always putting out good information as well. You can add them on Facebook and Instagram. I suggest that you do. Um, and I'm hoping that everyone could hear my guest pretty well. I, I see that some people might have had a little bit of trouble. I hate that. Hopefully, as we continue, as I, I continue to get better and better at this, I can get it to where it's seamless so everything's on point, you know? 
I'm definitely a work in progress and I appreciate everybody that's taking the time to, you know, let me get my feet adjusted and to bring you this news. Um, if you have any news and things that are going on in the activism world, please do not hesitate to reach out to Plus Nation. Okay, they will make sure that we get the information. We make sure the information get put out there. It can be anything. It can be things that's happening in prisons with police officers, uh, corrupt judicial systems, anything that you got going on that you think that we should know and activists across should know, please definitely let us know. You can reach out to us at any time. I'm going to go ahead and end this show this evening. I appreciate all of you very much. Make sure that you stay tuned for us. Remember, we have shows that come on all week. Okay, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. You have something from Plus Nation coming your way. So I definitely invite you to check them out. I hope that you'll have a great evening, a great weekend. Don't forget to take care of yourself. I'm looking at you. Take care of yourself so you can keep up the good fight and do the things that we need to do for our people. It's your girl, Jay Renee with Plus Nation.